Hi, this is James Devine, and I am an educator who has come out of the trenches. Listen in as my friend and colleague Dana Goodyear shares stories and tips from other educators who have come out of the trenches. Welcome to the Out of the Trenches podcast. This is Dana Goodyear. Thanks for listening. Next guest is Aaron Els. Aaron is an enthusiastic optimist who is in his 23rd year in education. During his time in education, he has taught first, second, and fifth grades. He's worked in administration for the past 14 years with the last eight as principal at Hops Elementary in Frisco ISD. Aaron is married to Heather and they have five kids combined and two dogs. He loves to read, work out, and watch sports. Welcome to the podcast, Aaron. Thank you for having me, I appreciate it. Well, tell me about a time when you were in the trenches and managed to crawl out. <laughs> um, well, I think for all teachers, all educators, um, especially coming off COVID, we're in the trenches all the yeah. time. And I know, uh, uh, you know, for, for a lot of us, that can be tough. It can feel like you're on an island. Um, but I, I just know that whenever we are dealing with something tough, you have to lean on your teammates, your coworkers to kind of help carry you through, even your family. Um, nobody wants to bring their issues out of work home to their family, but sometimes your your significant other can be a terrific sounding board and give you a different perspective. For me, um, I just remember just having some tough cases, tough tough kids over the years, um, but just realizing that um, with any kid, you know, it's it's not their fault and uh, what they're going through. And uh, our job as educators is just, you know, uh, to keep the focus on what are their needs and how we can best reach them. Mm-hmm. If you lose track of that, that's when your emotions can get the best of you. I think if you always keep that in the forefront, forefront of your mind that, hey, no child wants to do this or whatever they're going through, just focus on what their needs are, you know, then, then you can serve the child best. Whereas if you don't, um, that's where it can build up frustration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah really that SCL piece that yeah, has yeah. Before it's true it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so talk to me a little bit about your writing you've been writing uh for teach better um you have a blog titled fuel for the fire so talk to me a little bit about that one yeah um for me I, I think the fuel for the fire post uh just kind of goes back to where you're feeling burned out a little bit and remembering why you're there and why you got started in the first place. Um, for me, writing's been an outlet. Um, you know, years ago, I can't remember who it was that was speaking. I, I don't know if it was Ken Williams uh, from Solution Tree, but he talked about how you can't be a purposeful educator if you don't practice what you do, meaning if you're a writing teacher and you don't write, if uh, like yourself, you know, you, you write and you host a podcast, you're trying to further the the profession. And if you're not doing that, then it's hard for us to really carry that forward and have our words carry weight if we're not practicing them. So for me, it's writing, um, you know, and, and I try to do other things along the way to try to further education, to try to advance it, to try to make it better and then learn a lot in the process. Writing's taught me a lot. Writing has brought you know, people reaching out and connections that they wouldn't otherwise have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that's important for educators. If you're a math teacher and you're not keeping up to date 
of what are the latest trends in teaching math. If you're a science teacher and you're not reading scientific articles or you know uh, magazines, publications, what have you, um, same for reading writing. If you're a writing teacher but you're not writing yourself, I think that um, we have to practice our craft. Um, it keeps us current, keeps updated. Um, and for me, I just write about what I'm feeling. And so, mm -hmm, yeah, like, mm -hmm. fire. I was feeling burned out last spring and I had to kind of reset about why I do what I do. So often it's kind of what I'm experiencing and going through uh, or maybe others around me are going through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's sometimes how I get my ideas for mm -hmm. blog posts as well. It could be in the moment or just a general consistence of what I'm experiencing yeah. or others near me. And um, you also do some writing for TPSA and uh, you mentioned that you had a few blog posts and articles that were coming. Uh, what, what are those about? Yeah, and so we're going to get into a little bit of social-emotional learning piece with that. Um, just some leadership piece. So TEPSA is the principal association for the state of Texas that I'm, I'm mm -hmm. involved in and, and serve on committees with them. Um, and again, that was came from the idea of like, I want to be involved in something. And so what I love about it is broad connections uh, to other principals across the state of Texas and uh, develop new friendships because of that. And really that too, I want to reach out to other leaders and say, hey, this worked for us, or this mm -hmm. is what I've learned has worked for people, or just uh, give me perspective um, you know, on it. I am getting a little long in the tooth in terms of experience as a principal, uh, you know, approaching a decade doing this now. But, uh, you know, I just think it's important, like I said before, to, to reach out and share what you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you're hurting the team if you don't share. And so um, maybe somebody will benefit it. Maybe eight out of 10 principals that read what I write are going to go, well, I already knew that. But maybe there's one or two that didn't. And uh, mm -hmm. that could bring some something to them. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm starting to write for them. And hopefully we can start seeing those uh, reaching the, the magazines and so on. But uh, that's been a lot of fun, too, just developing the connections uh, across the state of Texas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You also teach at the University of North Texas. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what kind of courses you teach. So right now I'm teaching uh, one course twice uh, mm -hmm. during the week called How Schools Work, and it's a very uh, generic overview of just how schools work. Each week we teach, uh, it's, a, it's a night class, each week we take a different focus in part of what makes schools work, whether that's policy, the community, uh, leadership, teachers, students, uh, support staff, and each week we take a deep dive into articles and research about those things and the impact they have on kids. Um, and then we try to convey that for a, for a lot of the kids taking this class, they're just getting started in their education path. And so it provides a really good overview of, um, you know, what goes into a school, um, even though some of these kids are, are just a year or two removed from high school. It's amazing that they really don't know all the components that go into a school. They, they only kind of went through their path or their lens of looking at a school. And if they were involved with things, if it was fine arts or, or sports or clubs, they may kind of know those pieces, but they may not know the other pieces that go into it. Um, but I'm new to being a professor. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rookie professor this year. And uh, you know what? Uh, 
kind of tying back to my article that I, I spoke about the fuel for the fire, this is kind of giving me new fuel for mm -hmm. my fire okay. because uh, reconnecting and teaching again, I hadn't taught, I've been out of the classroom since 2006. Mm. So getting back in now, granted, these are adults that we're teaching now. Um, it's been eye-opening for me <clears throat> to really kind of put what I'm going through as a teacher and look through that lens again and say, okay, now while I work at the elementary level, what we experience is really not that different. Mm -hmm. uh, you still have lesson plans. You still have grading to get done. You still got to teach. It's got to be engaging. It's got to be fun. Uh, for me, uh, the, the task of uh, realizing that I've got to make this engaging for three hours mm -hmm. on a Wednesday mm -hmm. night <laughs> can be tough uh, yeah. or on, online uh, is my other class and that can be tough and so it has definitely uh, sharpened my skills uh, mm -hmm. dusted the dust off the skills a little bit in terms of teaching um, but <clears throat> it's been so much fun and again the, the reasoning behind it was I want to have an impact on future teachers I want to you know what do they necessarily need to know uh, what's crucial for them to know? What can give them a leg up in terms of being prepared um, mm -hmm. as an educator? And so it's been so much fun. Uh, I encourage any anyone that still has an interest in, in teaching to look at something like that, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because they're just big kids in a lot of ways, you mm -hmm. know? Just, they're, they're no different than a third grader. Or they're, they're just taller <laughs> and they drove themselves to class. But... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, their needs are really not that different. So mm -hmm. it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's great that you're giving back. Um, after having been an admin uh, for, you know, the last 14 years or so. So tell me kind of what uh, your perspective is, is on how that shifted, um, you know, since you uh, left the classroom. The teaching piece? Is that what you mean? The, um, the Just the administrative piece. Oh, just administrative. Like the uh, needs, um, yeah. your daily tasks, how maybe that's really shifted um, since you started as an AP. Yeah, so when I started back, it was like 2008, something like that, um, totally different job. It's not even the same realm uh, of what, what we do now compared to, to what we did then. Mm -hmm. um, the needs of kids, and this is going to sound a little bit like, okay, we hear this often, but yeah. the needs of kids are greater now. Um, even in 2008, um, you know, we were just kind of, people were just starting to learn about like Facebook mm -hmm. and, you know, the iPhone had only been out for a year or so. And so we didn't have this social media impact. Mm -hmm. And I know that again, yeah. that's something you hear a lot, but it's true. And that's why we hear it a lot. And uh, the social media impact and the digital divide, um, not divide, but the digital impact on kids has been incredible. And in most cases, not always in the best way. Um, and I'm a tech guy and I love tech, but at the same time, I realize the negative impact that tech has, um, you know, and, and raising five kids with technology. And I realized how that mm -hmm. can impact a family dinner. Um, you know, and so for, I think it's been so much harder in terms of the social emotional learning piece. And again, I know we hear that everywhere, but it's so true because the kids need it more because mm -hmm. parents are guilty of it too. 
parents are just as guilty as their kids are in terms of sitting down at the table and having their phone out. Um, you know, ignore instead of being locked into what the kids are doing during the game, they maybe are, are on their own social media. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we've there has been this roadblock of social media while it connects people, it also does incredible harm to people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's studies and we've all seen the studies about how the more time people spend on social media, the worse they feel. <laughs> it's like, wow, you know, all right. Um, and so and maybe there's something to that. But also just what kids see and deal with every day, the idea of, you know, seeing these other perfect kids or perfect students. And then, um, you know, it's just magnified problems in a lot of ways. So that's been a big piece. The other piece is just, you know, while technology is more available to everyone, I still think we're not going to know the full impact of what COVID's done to our kids in terms of that divide. Um, I'll come back full circle uh, to the class I taught. One of the, one, one of the, classes we recently taught or the subjects we recently taught was over Brown versus the Board of Education. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting in there was schools that didn't want to go along with it shut down, shut down schools. They fought mm-hmm. it by just not having school for years at a time. And the amount of learning loss that those kids suffered, where back then the laws were different and kids maybe could drop out earlier, could quit earlier. And you had kids leaving school or graduating high school at 21, 22 years old. You had kids that never came back to school because of that. Um, while other, while the public schools were shut down, you had certain uh, white kids maybe were able to go to private school. While if you couldn't afford that, you just missed out on education. And to me, COVID had a lot of similarities to that, where mm-hmm. some of our kids were just missing for chunks of time, for mm-hmm. months, year, even sometimes we're getting kids back where it's like, oh, you were here two years ago, where have you been? And it's just, you find out that they homeschooled, uh, mm-hmm. if you will, but really they, they missed out. And so yeah. I think for years to come, we're still going to be dealing with that. Um, the social emotional learning piece, having kids that are significantly behind um, for a long time to come. And so The job has changed so much uh, because you're dealing with so many more. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. Uh, Kind of real world problems that have made their way all the way down to elementary. So the COVID piece, social media piece. But not only that, the political environment the last few years, our kids feel that too. And yeah. so when people come in so charged or um, passionate one way or another, that impacts the kids too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that as a community, as a whole, we've lost sight in terms of, you know, are we fighting for things or arguing for things that are more important to the adults than they are to the kids kind of thing and how does that negatively impact them so Mm -hmm. i think there's work as a community as a whole that we have to look at in terms of like what's best for kids and are we advocating for that at all levels and is our Mm -hmm. community so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's become a bigger job 
because you feel all those things all the way down. Yeah, definitely. Even with a really little kids and how, um, like mm -hmm. you're saying, there's a lot of kids who at the younger, you know, younger kids, English language learners, if they were out of the building for two years, yeah. they definitely didn't get that right. language development, especially yeah. the social language development. Yes, and so we're seeing those gaps as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah, special education kiddos missed out. Uh, EL learners, absolutely, you're right, 100% missed out. So how have you seen um, discipline rates fluctuate, uh, especially in your district? Um, you said uh, that your district said in January this past year that there would be no more virtual yeah. um, online schooling, but there were gaps with the management piece. Yeah, it's definitely increased significantly, mm -hmm. um, especially this beginning of the year. We're spending more time uh, teaching kids what's right and wrong and what's okay and not okay, especially our little ones. Um, and I think that, you know, that's just been a product of COVID too is, and probably my own kids, you know, where, especially where we were all working at home for a while. I remember being at home working and being on a zoom and my own kids would come to me for schoolwork while I was on a zoom. And you're just like, okay, just go figure that out. Go just, mm -hmm. I've got to deal with this kind of thing. And I think that, you know, parents, uh, all of us were just doing the best we could during that time. And I think what happened is we probably all were guilty of doing that too often mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. not following up on what our kids were doing during that time. Were they really working? Were they being silly? Whatever. And so I have my own example where I, for my own kids, you know, like uh, I've got five ranging from elementary all the way up to senior in high school. And during that time, I'd go up to uh, we had just kind of a area in our house where we had uh, the kids kind of work area and uh, my boys were on the computer and they had the zoom up for class. This is when we were virtual. And then they were playing a video game on the other side of the screen. And of course I'm doing my own work and I come up there and I'm like, what are we doing here? Like you're supposed to be in class, but you're playing a game and you know, I think the, the ramifications of stuff like that is while I, I laugh at it, it's also like, okay, you're not learning, you're mm -hmm. off task, you're learning behavior by doing this, by this being, a, by, by me allowing this to happen, you're learning behavior that I don't have to listen or pay attention, I can do what yeah. I want, want to do it. And mm -hmm. so I think what that carries over to the school is, I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't work. That's not the rules of society. You know, uh, we can't do what we want to do when we want to do it or how we want to do it. There are rules, you know, mm -hmm. and there are rules for school. There's rules for your grocery store. There's rules for your dentist. And they're all a little different. We all have to play by them. And so when kids come in, not always knowing what those rules are, we spend a lot of time teaching them what they are. Mm -hmm. And again, mm -hmm. we have to go back to realizing, like, it's not their fault. We've got to go back and reteach some of these things because COVID put this on us. It, 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 we were all in a state of just figuring it out. And along the way, uh, some of the, the loss that happened on the, the management piece was kids were allowed more freedom than mm -hmm. they never had before, because just don't bother me on my Zoom. And so that's that is, ties into the learning loss as well, because when students are feeling the frustration from not knowing, yeah. that can also be the behavior. So we're spending a lot of time 
on behaviors, but in a way that we just realize that when they come up, we have to teach them. We have to talk about it. We have to role play and get them understand uh, the impact that this has and that there are rules here. And we do have to do things a certain way. Um, and we know that they are kids and they're five years old and they're still going to make that mistake 14 times. And each time we just have to, again, continue to teach them the way that um, any any parent or adult or coach would. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm seeing that um, in class observations. I mean, there's kids, you know, you're in person, but they'll pull up their video screen and right. you know, just a tiny box on their computer. Right. right. Yeah. And it's like, um, yeah, trying to test how much they can get away with. Yes. Um, also, just the like, yeah, the zoned out piece of like right. whether or not this was a year and a half or two years ago that they were fully online they still you know they they think people don't know and i've tutored some yeah. online and i could think of a particular kid even though you're online and this yeah. is something i'm currently doing and i can tell the kid is doing something else and this is a class with several kids and it's like right. okay well you're obviously not paying attention right. um you know you're you're not getting any learning in right Right. busy with <laughs> right. uh, your game or whatever it is <laughs> yes, absolutely. yeah so um, yeah so um we all know that there is a um a lot of uh new teachers um you know we we have a lack of new teachers going into education yeah. um but for the new teachers that you have starting in your district uh tell me a little bit about how um the mentoring works um you talked to me about um even for the colleges around dallas uh there's kind of a bidding war uh, among districts yeah. to get those new teachers yeah absolutely and so i mean we all have read it and seen it in probably whatever district you're in uh and impact of the teacher shortage um which is such a real thing and you know we've been hearing of this coming possibly anyway with the uh, you know, the mass retirement uh, that happened during COVID, uh, mass exodus from careers. But I think the mentor piece is, is big um, when you get those teachers in. Uh, because so often, just like any other career, um, you know, they don't want to keep coming to you. They feel like they're bothering you in some way, which they're mm -hmm. not. We always encourage them to come. But they often want a colleague to go to, to mm -hmm. ask the questions of that shared experience, of what I'm experiencing. Are you experiencing the same thing? How can you help me? So every new teacher, uh, new to profession teacher gets a mentor uh, on campus and they go and they do certain things together throughout the year where they, they'll come in and watch the mentor teacher and the mentor teacher will go watch them and give each other feedback. They meet with them periodically to share information and to answer questions. They're always there to answer questions. They're down the hall uh, from them often. Um, and it just serves a, as a check-in, just a, a shoulder to lean on uh, a little bit, hopefully not cry on, uh, but to lean on a little bit and to kind of go through that. But they get that too from their team leaders. Um, we're fortunate enough to have uh, coaches, instructional coaches and language coaches and digital learning coaches on our campus that can help them with the tools they need to be successful and model and, and meet with them. Um, but it's incredibly important because, you know, if they don't have the tools they need to be successful, um, they're not going to be successful and then their kids are not going to be successful. And so we have to give them the tools that they need. 
and they need a lot of tools, um, you know, because teaching is such a tough job. It's such a heavy job. Um, it could be a frustrating job. And so we've got to be there to meet them at every obstacle they're going to come to help them overcome those obstacles um, and realize that, especially in the current state where we did see teachers leaving at such a high rate mm -hmm. due to the work demands, due to, you know, the, the politics that came into education, due to um, just the stress of, of teaching in 2022, you know, and so We've got to keep them here. And so the reason that's the reason we do some of those mentoring things is to try to keep them here and, and make them make them feel like their job isn't necessarily it's going to be it's always going to be hard. It's always going to be yeah. challenging. Mm -hmm. But can it feel like I still get joy out of this? I still mm -hmm. enjoy this because I can count on my teammates. I can count on my coworkers. And I'm able to do what I need to do to be successful for a teacher. So we mm -hmm. try to limit what we put on their plates. We try to limit the meetings. We don't have meetings just to have meetings. If we don't need a meeting, we're going to cancel that meeting mm -hmm. and we'll send it in an email, you know? Um, and I do that for me too. Um, you know, often as administrators, we're responsible for a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. So we're always looking for the quickest way that we can get information out. Um, because the one thing that, is more important than any of that, I think, is just giving them time uh, to do their job, time to just kind of joke around with their coworkers and have fun with it, time to leave early and, you know, go grab uh, a drink with the coworkers or, uh, you know, a nice uh, glass of water there with their coworkers after work and uh, uh, decompress. But, uh, you know, just want to give them time and opportunity because the relationships are so important for the kids, but they're also so important for our teachers, mm -hmm. you know, because we are seeing that teacher shortage. We're hearing of fewer and fewer and fewer people wanting to pursue education. Um, and so we've got to get it to the point where that word of mouth that every teacher is putting out there is saying, yeah, it's a challenging job, but I love it. And here's why I love mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And so, because I think for the most you know, the last couple of years, they've heard it's too much. We can't do it. And then look at the political climate that is spilled into our classrooms. And I don't want it. It's not worth it to me. And so we've really lost focus, um, you know, in terms of what makes a successful classroom. Successful classroom is just having the tools there for our teachers to do their jobs, giving them the time to do their jobs and the support to do their jobs. And I think if we're able to do those things, I think that teachers will stay and people will want to pursue it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, definitely having those uh, pieces in place and like that meeting part. Um, I know a lot of schools have reduced the amount of meetings. Um, yeah. There are some places that still kind of schedule those uh, just to yeah. schedule them. And I think yeah. it's kind of the personality of uh, the administrators. Right. And like, yeah, like you said, if it can be done, um, over email or just even a quick zoom instead of yeah. people actually going somewhere else in the building just right. to share a few words right. um yeah or even collaborating on a google doc or something right. yeah. Uh, yeah would would get the job done sometimes yeah. <laughs> rather than the meeting right. yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> well we've had a great conversation today yeah. about uh some changes you've seen during your administrative career um the teaching that you do 
um, of these uh, college students and some of your writing. Out of everything we talked about, what's one thing you'd like listeners to remember? Oh, um, just that I think in the end that education is always worth it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my father was an educator for 40 years. Uh, he retired and then he went and worked at a at the Minnesota State Academy for the Blind for another 10. And I think no matter what path you take in education, if you keep reminding yourself of your why and why you're there and realizing that you make an impact on kids and that's why you're here, that it's always worth it, even when it's hard, even when it's challenging and frustrating, it's always worth it. And if you're not in an environment that appreciates that, then maybe mm -hmm. you need to look at a new environment, but don't give mm -hmm. up on education. Um, yeah. You know, just find a home that is going to welcome you and embrace you and what you want to do. Um, and then as long as you're always working um, to meet the needs of, of your kids, it's always worth it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Where can people connect with you and find you online? Well, I'm, I'm, even though I am a tech person, I'm really just on Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. And it's primarily where they can find me, Teach Better blog. Um, they can find me. Um, those are the two main places that I, I kind of roam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what's your Twitter handle? It's at Principal Else. Um, they can find me on there. Yep. Okay. Great. Great. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the Out of the Trenches yeah. podcast today. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too, Dana. My book, Out of the Trenches, Stories of Resilient Educators, has now been published. Get it now at amzn.to slash 3b7-2z. Again, amzn.to slash 3b7hx2z. Check out the show notes on danagoodier.com to learn more about this guest and links to their social media. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you download this podcast. Tell your friends and colleagues about it. And if this episode resonates, especially with you, be sure to share it out on social media and tag me at out of trenches PC. Mm -hmm.